when we started this series, I knew that there were, I wasn't sure, I didn't have it completely mapped out. I know some of you uh, think that I'm, I am quite anal, but I know that some of you think that I probably, you know, have my messages planned out for years in advance. It's not the case. When we started this, I knew we were going to cover a lot of topics, and I wasn't sure exactly which ones we would cover. I wasn't uh, sure exactly what order we would do them in. I've kind of let it play out uh, a little bit um, more organically, but I knew from the beginning we were going to uh, come to this topic that we, we are at today. I knew the Lord, uh, about, you know, there was going to be other things that he was going to speak to us about, but I knew he wanted to talk to us about this. And I have postponed and postponed and postponed until today. I'll tell you why in just a minute, but I want to read the verse first. Romans chapter 16, verse 16, says this. Greet one another with a holy kiss. The churches of Christ greet you. Now turn to the next book, to the right, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Verse 20. All the brethren greet you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now turn to the next book, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians 13, verse 12. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Now turn to 1 Thessalonians. That's a, two or three books to the right. 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 26. Greet all the brethren with a holy kiss. <laughs> now to 1 Peter Chapter 5, verse 14. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to you all who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. There's kind of a theme here, isn't there? <laughs> I figure God only really has to say something once. Um, he's the sovereign Lord of all things. When he repeats himself... We better take notice. I, for my entire Christian life, have tried to skip over what is so obviously something God wants to make a point about. And I'll tell you why I have had a little trouble with this. First of all, I had to overcome my personal reluctance to deal with the subject. And by the way, in case you're nervous, I'm not going to have you start smooching on each other. Okay. <laughs> okay. So just to put your mind at ease. But I am, I am not from an emotionally expressive uh, background, either culturally or familiarly, uh, family, right? I'm, I'm just, that's not where I come from. We are not... Uh, cheek kissing, bear hugging, or even fist bumping people. We don't, we just, uh, we kind of just stand there. You know, we, we're not like that. Um, so, you know, when I, when I read these words in the Bible, it's like just, it's like, oh man, this is so, so hard for me. Um, in fact, I'll tell you, this week, we, you may not have noticed, but we had all the carpets uh, steam cleaned, and I, the provider of that service was uh, Stanley Steamer, and 
the scheduler for their for Stanley Steamer uh, was talking to me on the phone. I don't remember what if it was she was just checking up on the plans or whatever, but we were having this phone conversation and she called me dear. And I was like, I, I didn't know if I'm supposed to call the police now or something. I mean, really, I, I'm, we don't, I just don't have in my background this emotional vocabulary or affectionate physical expression. It's just not, it's really foreign to me. In fact, I, when, um, <laughs> I feel very awkward when women, let alone men, kiss me on the cheek, you know, in greeting. It's like, I, and so much so, I've been in this church for 10 years now, more than 10 years, and there's a, there's sort of a, I'm not sure if it's a cultural thing or what, but there's a lot of cheek kissing that goes on around in here. <laughs> and I still, uh, it's still hard for me. I, I mean, I, I never know quite what to do. I don't have this air kissing thing down. I really, I don't know how to do it. It's very awkward for me. And uh, I always, I tend to, um, you know, when I hug people, I tend to go with my right arm. And so I, I always forget that this is on my face and they're gonna, they're gonna try to lay one on my cheek, right? And so I'm always stabbing people with my microphone and it's just, it's weird. In fact, it was, I was going steady with Sue when we were, you know, teenagers, and I already knew I was going to marry her. I hadn't proposed yet or anything, but, I mean, we were, we were already, you know, solid, but it was six months before I ever kissed her. I mean, I had to really work up to it. <laughs> and <laughs> I, just, I just was afraid I wouldn't do it right. That's the bottom line there. We both have big front teeth. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> more information than you wanted, but <laughs> so I'm, expect, I'm expecting this collision, right? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, oh, gee, the only, now, I don't, I don't want to badmouth my parents. I have great parents. But the only kiss I ever remember receiving from either of my parents, I'm sure there must have been more, but the only one I remember uh, was uh, uh, my dad kissed me on the cheek when I was in my 20s, when I was in my mid-20s. That's the only one I remember, uh, probably because it was so startling. And, but here's the thing, it was after he had had brain surgery, and we didn't know he was good. He had a, a tumor, it turned out to be benign. And after that, he kind of got... He kind of got a little more expressive, you know, and it was shocking to me. But that's the only time I really remember being kissed by my parents. And I, you know, I, I love my wife. Oh, gosh. And I thank God for her every day, and that's not a joke. And I love my kids. But I, it wasn't until my oldest daughter uh, reached adulthood, and, um, and that was decades ago. She won't, wouldn't want me to tell you this, but she just turned 40. Let's just stop for a minute and think about what that means about me. Uh, but anyway, um, whew, that's a... I don't know if I can get back on track after that one, but anyway. But it wasn't until she uh, became an adult, and I don't, I've never asked her, so I don't really know what's behind her story. I don't know her side of the story, but I know 
because by that point she was uh, living on her own, and so she would be uh, calling home and things like that. And every time she'd call or, or we would see her, she would never get off the phone or leave us without saying, I love you. And that was not our family practice. I don't know where that came from, but it challenged me. I, 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 and so I began myself to change. And I, and I have over these many years, and thank God for it, developed a more uh, affectionate uh, relational vocabulary and I do the same. I, will, I refuse to let any conversation or interaction with any of my family members end but that I, uh, without me telling them I love them. I love you. But that was a big hurdle to get over. I'm grateful for it, though. But that's, so you get the feel that that's why this has been a challenging subject for me. I am grateful that I've come a long way, um, and I'm because it's really, and we'll talk more about this in a minute. It really has brought healing to my life and soul. Um, I have; it's become second nature for me to hug. So I'm I'm a hugger. I'm not a kisser, yeah, but I'm a I'm a hugger, and I and it's and I'm glad for that. Didn't used to be that way. It is now. I don't have an issue with that. I and I'm learning to be a more. Uh, physically expressive. I went to visit Ramona, who was in the hospital uh, over a week ago. Um, she, uh, I won't go into all, but it was, uh, she was, any stay in the hospital is no fun. And she had been experiencing a lot of pain and whatnot. So anyway, I went there just to see her and pray for her. And I found myself instinctively taking her hand when I went to pray for her. That didn't used to be. But I know, I mean, maybe she has a different story, but I just know that um, there is a need we all have for physical contact. Sometimes I will be reminded of, it's like the Lord reminds me that my wife, and don't get the wrong impression here, but but, because this, you know, the Lord talks to me the way I understand him, and so what he says to me might not fit for you, but every once in a while the Lord will say to me, your wife is skin-starved. And I know, okay, I need to, I need to touch her in, in a non-sexual way. We need that. We, 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 st- we are starved for that in our culture. I'll talk some more about why that is in a minute. So all of these things are the background for why I want to talk to you about this today. And actually, this introduction is far longer than the message will be. <laughs> But there's one more thing that's really the main, the main reason why I felt like the Lord from the very beginning wanted us to address this. Because anytime I'm reading the Bible and I see something that God has promised or God has commanded or something that God intends for his people that we, his people, are not experiencing, I am instinctively uh, asking why not? What's wrong? that what God wants to happen isn't happening in my life. I'll give an example. Did you know that the Bible says that God gives his beloved sleep? How many of you are sleep deprived? How many of you are burning candle, the candle at both ends? See, there's a disconnect between what you're experiencing and what God says he gives. 
So the natural question ought to be, okay, if I'm not experiencing what God wants me to experience, why not? How do I get in sync with what he wants? We've just read five times by two different writers in the Bible with the force of the inspiration of the word of God on those words. It says, greet one another with a holy kiss. And that surely must be God's intention for us. And if we're not experiencing it, we need to ask why. <clears throat> so that's, that's the reason for this message today. What are we looking at here in these verses that we read? First of all, let's just acknowledge the fact that this is a command. The, the, this is not a suggestion. Five times we are commanded to do this. But I want you to notice that it's not a command to kiss. Let me explain why. Whew. I get to breathe a sigh of relief on that. It's not that it's improper or wouldn't be correct or wouldn't, it isn't uh, appropriate. But it's not about the kiss. The Greeting one another with a kiss was the common practice of the day. It was expected. It's what everybody did. It was Jesus wasn't calling attention to that because that was already in place. He wasn't establishing a new regimen of greeting. He wasn't saying, okay, guys, I want you now to start kissing each other when you greet. That was already in place. The point or the focus or the emphasis of this command is on the word holy. When you greet one another with a kiss, from now on, brothers, do it with a holy kiss. That's the point. That's the focus. That's what I want to talk to you about today. The word holy means pure or sacred. It's really a hard word for us to relate to because there's nothing in our world that's holy. Nothing that is pure. I mean... I, I'm jumping up and down. If I, if I pick a, uh, buy a bottle of water and on it it says 89% pure, I'm going, oh, yes. But with God, there's no, there's no percentage of impurity. When he says holy, when, he, when we are told he is holy, that means he is pure to the core. And so when he says to us, greet one another with a with affectionate greetings that are holy, man, that's, that's a challenge. That's a command. That's a high call that God has extended to us. These verses that we've read from Romans through 1 Peter, they could be paraphrased this way. Greet one another with an expression of pure affection. And that could be a handshake, it could be a, it could be a hug, it could be a pat on the back, but it must be holy, genuine, sacred, pure. We all know what it's like to receive the other. Unholy, quote, quote, greetings. Either just because it's habitual, it's a thing we do, you... You walk into a room, you stick out your hand, and, you know, it's habitual. I just shake hands. Or, or because it's cultural, it's what we do. Or because even, I mean, we've all encountered even the hypocritical greeting. The kind, <laughs> the kind that's, hi, hello, hi, I hate your guts. You know, that one, you know. Or the self-serving one, you know. We often encounter this with uh, salespeople. You, please forgive me if you're a car salesman, but 
You walk onto the lot, and there's some guy there with, you know, and, and it's self-serving because if they can, you know, they can make you feel connected with them, and somehow that might move the sale along, and we, we it, it feels ingenuine, you know. It doesn't feel right. It, um, there's the deceptive form of, of greeting. There's merit-based. In other words, I'll, I'll greet you warmly if I like you or if you've done nice things for me. If not, you get the cold shoulder. You get frozen out, you know. So we know what unholy greeting is. God help us to learn what it is to greet one another with holy expressions of affection. God help us. Why is it important? It's important for at least two reasons. One has to do with me, and then the other has to do with God's purposes in this world. Here's why it's important. Because God created us for relationship with him and with each other. Missing either one of those makes us incomplete. We were created for relationship. And we are the healthiest, the happiest, the most balanced, fulfilled, creative, and productive when we are experiencing the security of love that's expressed. Well, there's no doubt about it. There's no uncertainty about it. I can wake up every single day and know I don't have to give a second thought to the security of the love that I have from my wife. That is so strengthening to my, my being. But the greatest of all of this is God's love for us. When you know, when you can know that you are standing on the solid, firm foundation of the love of God, man, it changes your life. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to be worried. You don't have to take the weight of the world on your shoulders because he loves you. It it's the, that's the way we were meant to live, in the security of his love and the love of those we are in relationship with. And, when, and that love is just a theory until it's expressed. So it's important for those reasons for us. But that, that's going to mean, dear ones, I think you resonate with what I'm saying. I think you understand what I'm saying. But for some of us, and you're looking at the prime candidate right here. I've already disclosed some of my uh, growth in this area. It requires that we develop a relational vocabulary. Some of us just frankly don't know what to say. You know what? Years ago, and by the way, part of the reason I've experienced more health in, my, in, my, uh, in this area of my life personally is because... Years ago in my late teens, I began to get free in the way I expressed my, my love and worship for God. Instead of just, you know, standing there or sitting there with my, you know, on my hands, I started to begin to kind of get used to expressing myself to God, lifting my hands. And, I, and in those days, I, I found myself saying, praise you. I'm sure there's something else I should say, but I just don't know what. 
So I started honestly to write down words, vocabulary, words that I could use to describe what I feel about God. So that the next time when I stood before him to praise him, I had something to say that was true of me, true from my own heart. It was stretching my, my uh, affection vocabulary. And that's true of our, our personal relationships too. What can I say besides... I like you. I mean, what else can we start to? We need to expand our our um, our relational vocabulary and the way that it's physically expressed, because people need to hear and feel our love. Jesus expressed love by touching people. You realize he did not have to touch people to heal them. This is the God who spoke, "Let it be," and it was. Jesus didn't have to touch people to heal them, but he did. He was always modeling for us. He was showing us this is how love is expressed. We touch. And we are fighting against, uh, we're fighting against the separation, the isolation, the disconnection, all of us are, that sin has imposed in our lives. Sin is what hinders and pollutes our relational expressiveness. And we want to see that overcome, don't we? I do. I want the Lord to bring healing to that part of my life and to those relationships in my life that have uh, suffered under that part of the curse of sin. So that's why it's important for me and for you that we talk about this, that we let the Lord speak into this. But there's something even more important in my view, and that has to do with uh, how this issue relates to what God is doing in this world and his kingdom. Because I believe... Um, hey, Rich, would you stand up for a minute? Just come out here in the aisle. I believe that when I sincerely, when I sincerely hug this man, and see what he just did, he patted me. I don't know why we do that. Why we I don't know. But, He's up a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's part of what we do anyway. But when I sincerely do that, this, thank you so much. I'm engaged in an act of spiritual warfare. the most infamous act of human betrayal in all of history was Judas's kiss. And the Bible specifically says that the devil put that into Judas's heart. You realize that that kiss was pointless. It had, uh, I mean, from a practical or legal standpoint, it was completely unnecessary. The Bible says that the devil put that into uh, Judas's heart. And I believe, you don't have to, um, but I believe that there was a strategy in that to ruin for all of us this blessing that God intends for us to have of being connected with each other in a genuinely holy way affectionate way 
And more than I believe that more than any of us understand, the awkwardness, the, the pollution, the distortions that are all around, very few people know how to uh, conduct themselves in an appropriate, honest, genuine, holy way in, in terms of physically expressing true affection. It, it's either, in our culture, it's either an invitation to some illicit um, experience or it's some kind of um, deceptive thing. It's very rarely genuine because there's a strategy to keep that gift from us. So, dear ones, every time we decide that we're not going to be robbed of this any longer and we're going to step into one another's space and express the love of God, we take some of that back. We take some of that we've lost back. There's something of God's intentions for us that are recovered. That's why he says five times, Greet one another with a holy kiss. 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 Greet one another with a kiss of love. This is recording number 11220 from the teaching ministry of Crossroads Foursquare Church in Fairfield, California. It was recorded on Sunday morning, July 17, 2016. This is the 10th message in a series titled, One Another. This message by Randy Bolt is titled, A Holy Kiss.